Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to the WWE Smackdown Review. I'm Michael Hamflit from What Culture, and I'm joined by absolutely nobody in what could prove to be a disastrous experiment uh, as I attempt to discuss everything that happened on Friday's edition of Smackdown. There's your disclaimer. Um, that's right, it's just me, Bray Wyatt, and the rest of the blue brand for the remainder of this podcast. It could go horribly wrong. It could be a total disaster. I will lean in. I will not edit. I will not clip. Uh, I may go gradually insane, and it will probably be a little bit shorter than your usual pod, obviously, and certainly uh, less in the way of insights and buttons and all the things you actually listen for. So if it's not your cup of tea, I would understand if you switched off right now. But if you would like to stick with us now that you've had your disclaimer and under the knowledge that normal service will be resumed tomorrow, uh, if the prospect of a solo podcast is up your street, and if you happen to like things of what this sort of thing usually is, you can subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only preview and review SmackDown, but also Monday Night Raw, the brand formerly known as NXT 2.0, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We also wrestler interviews, have roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. Yeah, it's just me. Um, it's a strange one here in the What Culture offices today. There's a few overlapping holidays and days off and things of that nature. Everybody is well. Everybody will be fine. Normal service will be resumed. Uh, in the meantime, we are just all going to sit down together and enjoy Matt Rain's worst nightmare, me solo dissecting some wrestling. And speaking of solo, there's my first segue queued up because we've got Solo Sokoa versus this is Sheamus in the opener of this week's SmackDown. Um, the Brawling Brutes uh, and the Bloodline are all there present as well. Kind of this, uh, this came together a little bit from last week. Of course, um, Sheamus was in the match to determine who would be the number one contender to Gunther's Intercontinental title. Uh, and the Bloodline decided to attack him to try and help Solo win. The Brawling Brutes came out to stop them. And then we've since had what appears to be a budding conflict between the two sides. Um, I should note at this point, by the way, uh, it was I think it was during the Brawling Brutes entrance, I believe, there was a, a Bray Wyatt tease for later on. Um, just thought worthy of mentioning that because there will be more discussion on that later. And I certainly had plenty with people on Twitter over the weekend. You can follow me there if you want to see me completely meltdown. So maybe the fiend is still inside me after all. This match was really good. Um, I thought they've continued to do a good job with Solo Sokoa, basically making him feel like he's been on the main roster 10 years rather than three months. Uh, he was permitted, and this was certainly agented for him to go blow for blow with Sheamus, um, which is no small feat based on the type of matches that Sheamus has been having lately, specifically, of course, with Gunther, those two classics in particular. Uh, Sheamus presented as the hard-hitting guy, we would assume, potentially, eventually, as a challenger to Roman Reigns. Um, but it didn't go well for him here. Uh, the Usos were able to run interference slightly better than the Brawling Brutes on the floor. 
uh, everybody's having a fight. The uh, Jimmy and Jay get the announce table over onto uh, the Brawling Brutes, so Sheamus manages to get on top of all of them, but Sami Zayn provides the crucial distraction, which allows uh, Solo Sokoa to attack the injured arm of Sheamus and then nail him with the swinging Solo for the win. As I say, uh, Solo Sokoa is already, I think he's unbeaten on the main roster so far. Uh, he didn't have to lose the North American title he won on his way out of NXT. So he feels every bit the enforcer that Roman Reigns has anointed him as and every bit the bloodline describe him as. Uh, it's been a, a largely successful attempt to blood somebody brand new into the company's top stable. And I guess WWE you know, deserve their flowers for that. But as well as that, more was going on here because we'd speculated on previous podcasts that the uh, Brawling Brutes were perfect opponents for the Bloodline if you were going to start putting together a babyface squad for War Games, which is, of course, at the Survivor Series in November. And that seemed to be the case here. Uh, there was a huge, huge beatdown on um, Seamus. They were, certainly weren't attempting to be masters of subtlety in any way here. Jay absolutely assaulted the bad arm over and over and over again. Steel chair against arm against steel steps to the point where even Sami Zayn, uh, had to step in and say it's over, it's done, job done. Um, I guess as special counsel of Roman Reigns, he's permitted to, especially in his role as Jay's caretaker, he's the one that can bring that stuff. But Jay absolutely lost it attacking Sheamus here. Uh, more on that a little bit later as to what that's going to build into the next stage of the, the Bloodline story, I guess. Um, as we sort of move forward on to SmackDown, um, we see that Imperium are less than impressed with Rey Mysterio. That leads to... An impromptu match between um, Mysterio and Ludwig Kaiser. This is all, of course, uh, all preamble for the eventual Mysterio and Gunther Intercontinental title match. But now we're going to go on to Bray Wyatt. Uh, I think you know the guy. He is three segments as of this one into his comeback. Um, he discusses how he wanted to confess things to the fans. Of course, that was the. You know, he was very open mind, uh, open ended, and open hearted in his comeback promo before he was interrupted by the, the strange news ghost on the Titan Tron. He describes his problems with um, anger and violence, and he doesn't like going to their dark place. But he's gone there before, and from the messaging from this promo, he may go there again. Um, what else did he say? He said that he was, um, he would often talk about how. Uh, things being a confession of pain and he's grateful that having confessed things he's appreciative that people have pulled him back up as again like there was allusions to the things he was saying last week in what i personally believe was a far more superior promo but uh apparently now that you can see those uh responses for what they were he knows who all of us are and what it is that we're trying to do uh, and he says he's on a journey and he's going to do some horrible things but he's not going to feel sorry over them he will simply do where the circle tells him he will go where the circle takes him. This, of course, is um, a circle that's featured in the online iconography of the Bray Wyatt character, the, the little red circle by his name, as we Zeke's on Twitter. And indeed, there's been some teases of, I think, fans wearing it as a T-shirt and on billboards and posters during the White Rabbit tees. Uh, I fell out with all of Bray Wyatt Twitter this weekend. So if you're part of Bray Wyatt Twitter, or indeed you're a fan of Bray Wyatt, or indeed this segment, I don't want this to come across like I'm being inflammatory on this review and I like genuine thoughts on it. This was, in my opinion, an enormous uh backstep. They I should add, by the way, they um bled in his new theme music, which seemed to be done excessively loudly, but maybe to create this discord and the sense that you had to really lean in to hear what Bray was saying. It felt like to me that was a purposeful stylistic choice, but I think it was yet another thing about the segment that for me personally failed quite spectacularly. Yes, 
the effect of having to lean in literally to listen to what he said did work. But when I wasn't hearing much in the way of messaging, I was instead listening, I was hearing two things and listening to neither of them. I didn't think his message was particularly profound. It didn't make me feel like I had to um, follow on next week to see what Bray Wyatt says next. If anything, his message of, oh, I'm going to do some awful things to some awful people, what, like The Fiend did? The Fiend was the last thing, you know, we all have a lot of fun with this character, but it was obviously the last thing that the company needed to go back to. And I don't want whatever version of the Derekist version of Bray Wyatt to be to just be The Fiend. If it's Bray is a nice guy until the darkness overcomes him and he becomes evil. It's weird and ever doing that in an empty room to absolutely no faces, by the way. Maybe I really am The Fiend. Um, maybe I'm Bray Wyatt and I'm going to have to conduct some violence upon these people. I just felt it was way more basic on what had otherwise been some incredibly high standard stuff they'd set with the White Rabbit teasers, with the Extreme Rules return, with this promo last week. We'll get more on Bray Wyatt later in the show, um, but I hope that rambling nonsense, <laughs> takes one to know one, Bray, has gone some way to explaining where I felt there was problems with this. Um, disagree in good faith in the Twitter comments below or with me at my comfort anyway you want. I will have chats all day with you about what you think worked and what didn't, as long as you don't call me biased or a fool, because I am not those things. I am just a man with a square head with a mouth with noises coming out of it. Uh, we are back with the bloodline. They're celebrating Solo Sokoa's win and Jey Uso is still raging. He's absolutely furious. Tasmanian devil energy from Jey Uso. He wants to rip Logan Paul limb from limb. Um, but Sami Zayn is yet again the barrier to Jey Uso's violence. Roman Reigns, according to Sami, has uh, told the bloodline they've got to keep their hands off Logan Paul. Uh, he says it wouldn't be very oozy to let Logan Paul live rent-free in their heads. Jay agrees with it, but uh, he's none too pleased with Sammy having to calm him down. He doesn't want to be thought of as the hot head of the group, even though evidence for tonight is piling up to suggest that that's exactly who he's going to be. Speaking of hot heads, we go next to Liv Morgan. Um, she, of course, destroyed Sonya Deville last week because she heard Sonya Deville talking trash about her in an interview, and we get a match. Uh, Sonya Deville, who of course has worked uh, with Toxic Attraction this week on NXT, was back on SmackDown here, kind of doing, well, I was going to say doing job of duty, but not really, um, because she just couldn't ultimately put up with Liv Morgan's thirst for violence, I guess, since losing the Women's Championship. She doesn't give a damn! Uh, they're having a, a fairly physical match, but ultimately it degenerates when Morgan snaps and sends her to the floor, Um Deville is dropped onto the announce table. She's thrown into the steps, but it ends up being a double count out. Liv is so consumed by violence. It's not that she's been disqualified for kicking too much ass, but she's been counted out for the kicking ass overcoming her. Uh, Morgan doesn't care, which is a problem because wins and losses are supposed to matter. That's how you get your title back. Maybe that's why your title reign wasn't that well received. But Liv Morgan's got a big old grin in her face, and WWE, I guess, want us to know that Morgan will sacrifice the odd wins and losses because she just loves violence. Uh, we saw that play out here in the form of the post-match action where Liv Morgan hoyed a bunch of chairs into the ring. Um, she's going crazy. She's pulling funny faces and she does a superplex. This looks pretty cool, actually. Superplex onto a bunch of chairs. Uh, she loves violence. She's crazy. And WWE wanted this to scan that this was the finish. She was willing to sacrifice the winner's share of the purse in order to enact violence. Something tells me we may get a rematch between these two. Um, although why Sonya Deville would want to take it when the results are meaningless is a question that WWE will never ultimately answer. After that, we got a video package on, of course, LA Knight, who returned last week and then subsequently turned heel. No, nothing extra from him this week, but a big old, yeah, just because WWE are obviously still investing on him, as they are in the Viking Raiders, who are returning with another. This was nothing more than a teaser this week. 
Um, we go from two big guys to two of the biggest guys. It's Braun Strowman. He's out um, to talk about being the monster among all the monsters, but doesn't want to waste any time. He wants uh, Omos and MVP to come out. MVP is the only one that answers the call at first. Um, he suggests that Strowman would have been wise uh, in his comeback to avoid Omos instead just knocking around the tag teams and wearing his dainty red trousers as he did. There used to be a great website, um, I think was called Look At My Effing Red Trousers, that uh, was specifically a blog for people wearing red trousers in such a way that made you want to, well, the, made them uh, a bit sort of grabby for your attention. Oh, I'm wearing red trousers, big deal. Here's my tucked in shirt with my red trousers. I had a pair of um, like sort of peach colored khakis at my lowest ebb for the colored trouser era of the uh, early 2010s. I never went for the bright red ones, but they're certainly as bright as bronze and I guess the ones that Bailey's wearing as well. I think it was called Look at My Effing Red Trousers. I'll dig up that blog. You know, I'm going to Google it now. We'll do some live Googling. If it was, I recommend it. It was very sort of um, having a, a pop and a laugh at uh, wealthy idiots that were choosing to dress this way. Uh, look at my red trousers. Yes, look at my effing red trousers.blogspot.com. It's also got a Twitter account. They say they're not the same people. Uh, as the blog, so maybe there's just a uh, culture of red trouser discourse which you can treat yourself to. Braun Strowman, I assume, has nothing to do with that because he's got discourse with Omos. Um, he's not really interested in the conversation anymore. He issues the challenge for Crown Jewel, so it's made official, uh, which is kind of what we all expected. MVP accepts on behalf of his monster, but then out comes Omos himself. We have the big stare down for the very first time, the visual of the two of them coming together. Oh my god, I love this sort of thing. Um, they're just absolutely massive, of course they are. And with an almighty push, Omos sends Strowman to the floor. So at very least, uh, even though they have officially announced the match, they've also cast doubt on exactly how much of a monster Strowman is when in the presence of somebody bigger than him. Um, there might be more development than that between now and Crown Jewel, but really, why? Uh, it's going to be on November the 5th, which is fireworks night, and very few matches exemplify Boof, bang, and wallop of a castle wheel of an extravaganza like this one. So we're kind of where we need to be, I would imagine, with these two giants. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, in the meanwhile, we see that Seamus has been taken to a hospital, not a local medical facility, because you can say words in WWE now, like wrestling, which is what Drew McIntyre says now that he's back. He's back in a wrestling company. Let's do some wrestling, like hitting people with a car. Uh, he's got to stay away from carrying cross after what went down on last week's SmackDown. He's a ball of fire. He's a ball of fury. Uh, and he'd do anything to get his hands on carrying cross, but he's been told off for it. Presumably a little tap on the nose with a ruler, not to do it again. If he's taking a dump on the floor, he's going to have his nose rubbed in it. But it's okay, because they're going to have a steel cage match at Crown Jewel where nobody can get in and nobody can get out, apart from the winner who has to leave the cage, typically. So we may get, uh, I don't know, yeah, another carrying cross win that doesn't involve a clean win, who knows. But we're getting the cage match at Crown Jewel anyway, uh, which just, I guess, adds a little bit of texture to a rematch to a first match that didn't really go down all that well at Extreme Rules. We'll see, we'll see. But uh, on next to the Women's Tag Team Championships, it's Shotty versus uh, Shotty and Raquel Rodriguez, should I say, versus Damage Kataral, uh, Eos Sky and Dakota Kai defending their Tag Team Championships. Um, it's not a terrible match, but it's not a great one. Shotzi and, what can we say that's nice here? Shotzi and Raquel Rodriguez have got better chemistry than Aaliyah and Raquel Rodriguez, the first women's tag team champions, obviously. That's obviously not the nicest thing for Aaliyah here while she's recuperating from injury, but it's the way it is. Shotzi's got charisma out the ass. The babyface turn was the right call. The tank was the right call. Her, Hilson, Halloween Havoc, more on that later on, uh, was the right call. Lots of right calls being made with Shotzi Blackheart, but... 
or should I say Shotzi for the time being at least. But can she go continues to be the question. Can she? I, I don't know. Uh, some exchanges looked mega sloppy, um, despite the fact that there were certainly moments in this match that did anything but that. Um, Eosky in particular was excellent in this one. There was an awesome um, top rope tornado DDT that looked crisp. Um, Shotzi took out Bailey at one point, uh, and then Sky eventually uh, nailed an air raid crash and got the win to retain the titles. Um, I don't know. Interested in your thoughts, I guess. I've been critical of Triple H's booking of the women's division so far. It feels a little bit rote, a little bit basic. No indication of any kind of rankings. I know WWE don't do any rankings, but there's supposed to be an unspoken one. It just feels a lot of trading wins and losses, particularly for Damage Kataral, a group that exists theoretically to, uh, you know, take control. It's really feel like them controlling a roster. I don't think it did. Anyway, point was uh, Raquel Rodriguez and Shotty have had their title shot. They've lost, and it's on to the next one for Damage Kataral. We will see what that is. Um, speaking of on to the next one, uh, and I guess... Poorly booked women's divisions because it was very AEW stink to um, the women's booking on SmackDown because we had our match and then we had a segment featuring Ronda Rousey. All the women packed neatly and tidy into one segment on the show. Oh, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I have forgotten Liv Morgan going crazy against Sunnyville. That's not fair this week, but it just I found it interesting that Ronda Rousey followed up the tag team title match. Um, she was asked uh, by Kayla about an open challenge, but she said she didn't want to do it. These fans can stick it, brother. She said she'd do it next week, and she's mad, and she's not going to take this garbage off the fans anymore. And these lo- your local town and your local sports team, the Springfield Isotopes, don't deserve me. You can get me next week. This was the latest uh, wrinkle of a Ronda Rousey heel turn. I don't know what kind of heel she is or what she's going to make or if there's going to be a Shayna Baszler link, which we've all speculated on. I don't know. But either way, uh, Ronda Rousey wasn't going to give it to these people, you people, each and every one of you people, but she'll do it next week. So if by WWE logic you're to get booed in a town for rejecting them, then are you not supposed to get rupturous ovations for accepting them? Should Ronda Rousey not come out next week and be like, look, you're the town that I chose. Maybe that's what they're going to do, actually. Maybe that's what they're going to do. Maybe she's going to tell the town, look, I picked your town to have my open challenge. Worship me, adore me, love me. And then they're going to boo her and that's going to inform why she just is going to go off on everybody. It wasn't explored about who the, the challenge might be. We'll cover that maybe on the preview this week. Who's Ronda Rousey's open challenge going to be and what exactly are they doing with her now that she's SmackDown Women's Champion and... Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Theoretically, a heel. A proper heel. For real heel this time ahead of what we all assume is the Becky Lynch match at WrestleMania. We're back to Bray More stuff. Um, we get the screen getting hacked again. This time there was a QR code with it and a oh, old guy. Um, it wasn't old man Champa, but it was an old guy. He had a moustache. He uh, had a little bit of the other kind of Wyndham, the Barry Wyndham, if you will. It wasn't Barry Wyndham, but you can't. You make out a little bit of his face um, under a... There was like a blue light and a shadow and a moustache. Uh, and it, he says, howdy. And there had been some murmurings, I think. I welcome the Bray Wyatt fans and the Fiend detectives to correct me if I'm wrong. But there had been some discussion online that Howdy was the name of this new monstrous incarnation of Bray Wyatt. Again, I welcome good faith conversation on this. I just think it's veering into Bray Wyatt is one guy, Howdy is the other. Was that not where we were at with the Fiend last time? And was that not where it all went wrong? Yes, alter egos are kind of intrinsically woven into the lore of the Bray Wyatt character. And it is okay for him to go jerk because how else are you going to make a headlock takeover interesting? But, uh, yeah, mystery is fine. I'm on very least on the hook for what Howdy is slash looks like or how it factors into the potential of the way it's six it feels all of a sudden very familiar and very um, predictable as to where it ends out. And it's typically not the thing that positions Bray to win a belt, which WWE inevitably want him to win because he sells merchandise out the ass. So I don't know. I don't know. Am I the, am I the lone guy? I'm the lone guy in this podcast studio today, so maybe I'm the lone guy on Bray Wyatt. Um, I look forward this week when um, Will Bonus has returned from their well-earned holidays to tell me why I'm in fact a fool, and the Fiender Files were right all along about this bomb, but we shall see, we shall see. Uh, We go to Santos Escobar, who is talking about how business is good, business is an empire, and the Legado del Fantasma Empire now has Zelina Vega in their ranks. They're uh, going to take over SmackDown, they've already started it by uh, attacking Hit Row, but we see Hit Row's response to uh, this. They are watching, and they um, make a joke about... Legado's been short. Uh, one of them doesn't wouldn't even make the height of top dollar's shoulder, which is something, I guess. I don't know. Like, I'm taller than Sidgwick, but I'm not half the right area, so we don't have conversations about our heights. Um, I've just, I'm fully aware that in a room by myself, my ego must be that fragile that I've just compared myself in an analogy to top dollar. Please send help. I haven't even had my lunch yet. I've got um, one of three uh, Uncle Ben's rice packs to have. I can't decide whether to go for the um, Cajun spiced, the Mexican spice, or the egg fried rice. They're all very different ones, but they're typically only like a pound a go. And you get a little bit of everything for your quid. So it's a, a pretty good lunch. You get maybe a little bit more than you bargained for. I know people are thinking, what, just rice? The stuff you put with food. But go for the ones where they put the bits in. It's like getting super croutons, but you get rice with little vegetables and sweet corns and spices and seasons. It's all very nice. What was I talking about? Top dollar. Hit rolls suck. Hit roll are absolutely rubbish. They were beaten easily last week. This is a bad act. And uh, Legado is speaking like we have to have more of this, even though they took the piss out of them last week and made very, very light work of it. I am concerned that we were supposed to take last week's uh, one-sided affair as something of a shock and a twist. And... Hit Row are going to get another go at it because they mocked their height and laughed at the video. Not into it. 
not into it at all. Give me a reason to watch the show, Well, you haven't done here. Anyway, speaking of reasons to watch the show, at least we get a good one in Ludwig Kaiser versus Rey Mysterio. Imperium there as well. Obviously, uh, Ray's got to do it alone, but he does it brilliantly as a babyface. We talk about how the man's nearly 50, and yet the babyface charisma with which radiates underneath that timeless mask and timeless aesthetic never, ever fails. This is a brisk old match, man. Um, I'm not sure how, Lud- how uh, Ray Mysterio can keep pace with a Ludwig Kaiser or indeed Giovanni Vinci running interference on the floor, or indeed Gunther when that match comes along. And by the way, how much can I not wait for that? We assume... Um, that Mysterio might run the gauntlet. He was able to nail um, Ludwig Kaiser with the 619 and the springboard splash after um, Ray pulled an Eddie Guerrero stunt and managed to get Imperium ejected from the match. This was nice. It's I like the Eddie Guerrero tributes. Light cheating still is always fun. But away from a tribute, it's also a reminder that babyfaces could and should be smart when the numbers game works against them. They shouldn't squash the unit, nor should it be revealed that they've got no mates because... If Rey Mysterio was consistently being um, outgunned three to one, why would some babyfaces not come out and help him? It's Rey Mysterio. If I was backstage, I'd want to help him. Everyone but his own son, it would seem, would want to help Rey Mysterio, and yet they don't have to worry about that with the finish this week because Rey used the Eddie Guerrero trick to get them gone. And when it was one-on-one, he was able to get the win. A lot to like here. Not only was the, uh, the match of real significant quality, but Mysterio looks like a man if not reborn, pretending to be reborn now that he's separated by the brand extension from his son, Dominic, and all the problems that maintained. The cool thing about this is that Ray can go on a run and can possibly beat Giovanni Vinci and can give Gunther the match of his life for that Intercontinental title until, perhaps, Dominic uh, interferes, the Judgment Day interfere, and Ray realises he simply cannot run from his problem. This is a nice thing that a babyface errantly believes he is doing. He doesn't want to fight his son, so there's complete logical reason for that. But what he's actually doing is failing to confront the the issues in front of him, which is that he does eventually sooner or later have to clock the smug grin off Dominic's little face. Uh, in the meantime, we'll get him outsmarting stables until he realises that he can't outsmart his son's stable. So I, ju- I just think this is all linked together really quite nicely. And Gunther being the, the match that we get out of this as a payoff it's just, again, such an incredible pairing. I love that. Um, and we give Tony Khan credit for this a lot of the time when you get a dynamite graphic drop and it's just a pairing that you either didn't think of or you would only dare dream about until you see those two names side by side and realize that this is going to happen on a wrestling show. Rey Mysterio and Gunther, is that? He's going to chop the living out of that, you know, sort of like timeless wrestling hero Rey Mysterio the size disparity is going to be incredible you know Rey Mysterio's face is covered while Gunther's is just simply so handsome there is so much meat on the bone of this match and I cannot wait to watch it um, I kind of hope it happens on a pay-per-view because then you've got your logical reason why the judgment day could be in attendance and I hope they kind of play with that they abuse in the brand extension all the time look Omos was on this broadcast Rey Mysterio thinking that Smackdown was the silver bullet to get him away from Dominic excuse me, was disproven by this very broadcast. And it has been every single week that Ray's been on the show. And yet, and yet, it's believable just enough because you want to buy so much into Mysterio's plight. So we're getting it. Anyway, we're going to get that down the line. Um, and I guess that was um, our main event because the main event of the actual show proper is a segment with Logan Paul. Um, he is obviously out to promote his match with Roman Reigns. We know that Roman Reigns isn't here tonight. Uh, he does a bit where he's uh, it's a little bit Damien Sandow in Impact or Bobby Fish brackets general. Where is the lie? Because um, he knows what he's supposed to do. 
Um, but first, guys, first, guys, buy my drink uh, here in Checks Back of Drink. Ohio, great to be here in Ohio. He obviously disagrees with Ronda Rousey about the, the fans of Ohio. Um, so he tries to kiss up to them. It's not really working. Do we need to talk about that? It's uh, Look, I don't know who Logan Paul is, really. I know him now through what he's done in WWE. I know that he's Logan because Will Bourne has drilled me into it over and over again that he's Logan, 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 and is the lesser of the two evils in the Paul Brothers. I don't know, I don't know what Jay Paul is either. Too old for this, and that's fine because not all wrestling is for me. Um, it's for other people. And Logan Paul has, to be fair, uh, performed well when the bright lights have been on of WrestleMania and of SummerSlam and the like. So I see no reason why this can't be a blockbuster physical showdown. Logan Paul and Roman Reigns is interesting. I want to look at it. And these Crown Jewel shows, for all their ugly side, for all... Um, well, you know, imagine, I guess, I would never ever want to live this life, but imagine how awful it must be, just brackets general, to be a Newcastle fan. And now Newcastle United are going to achieve a... I've got no biases. I've got no dog in this fight. There's no reason why I wouldn't... Why I would dislike Newcastle United otherwise. But let's just say... Newcastle United can expect to achieve big things thanks to the enormous investment um, of um, Saudi Arabian Sports Authority and the sports washing that lots of their fans will deny is going on. Um, They can enjoy every single one of those trophies as long as they remember that it will be soaked in the blood uh, that washes the money that's funded it. And that will forever be the case of these WWE Saudi shows and people will get bored about us talking to them, but I feel like we should. I feel like we should always say, yeah, it's fine to get excited about a show. It's very fine for the fans in Saudi Arabia to get excited about the show. It's awesome to see them having a blast at these events. Uh, but a cloud hangs over them and Logan Paul and Roman Reigns is the type of match that exists to distract you from thinking about why you're watching. Uh, distract you from why the deal is in place, why the, this will go on till 2028 or however long it goes on to. Why once upon a time a plane or a bus or whatever it was was on tarmac while Vince McMahon negotiated in what must have been quite scary circumstances for the wrestlers. Carl Anderson said he would never go back unless he needs a new pool, so I guess he does. Uh, it's not on the talent, I don't think, personally. Uh, I admire anybody that chooses not to engage with it. I admire anybody that chooses not to engage with any aspect of sports washing. I'm doing it now by talking up this match. So this is how it's so successful. It finds a way to normalize itself, and then in we go. I've rambled on about that when it's the same old stuff that I'm sure plenty of you are finally sick on and just enjoy the wrestling or whatever it is. But it's weird, but Logan Paul, Roman Reigns, what I was trying to get to, I think, with all of that was that Logan Paul and Roman Reigns is a match so daft that it's sort of perfect this card, it fulfills the profile of a crown jewel, of a greatest Royal Rumble, of a etc, etc. And we're getting it, but if this was taking place in a venue in America, one senses that Roman Reigns and the Bloodline, as the coolest act in the company, would just be overwhelmingly cheered over this guy that has just walked into the world. Um, Logan Paul tries to talk about how Roman Reigns has got a Bloodline on his side. Uh, he doesn't need anyone. Um, he does some pretty terrible John Cena adjacent WWE comedy. You got those two guys that look alike. You've got somebody called Solo, even though never by himself. What's that about? And Sami Zayn, whatever the hell he is, of course, you know, there's there's law with Sami Zayn and Logan Paul dating back to WrestleMania with Kevin Owens from the year prior. Um, I, th- I seem to recall a Paul fell out with both of them there, so I'm not really sure where we're at with it. But Logan Paul tries to make the point that, yes, he is the underdog, yes, Roman Reigns has all this momentum. He has years as champion. He's got a bloodline on his side. He's got hundreds and hundreds of days with the belts. He's got all this experience. But what happens if Logan Paul wins? What happens if Logan Paul becomes undisputed universal champion? Uh, 
merely begging the question results in Jey Uso jumping Paul from behind because he's still all hyped up. He's kind of maybe in attacking the brawling brutes, he's assumed all of Butch's raging rabid dog energy because he just, uh, as he did with Sheamus, uh, runs this beatdown on Logan Paul here. Sami Zayn again appears on the scene, not just to um, attack Logan Paul, but to stop Jay to follow what he believes is the own orders of his tribal chiefs is to keep Jay under control. Uh, in that time, though, Paul is able to get up and absolutely floor Jay Uso with one right hand. Sammy looks on in shock, and Paul heads for the hills. As uh, Sammy has a lot to think about here, the, the two things, obviously, well, the three things, I guess, is that one is that Jay Uso is flat on his ass from a single punch. Number two is that Roman Reigns had explicitly told Sammy Zayn to tell Jay Uso, and indeed himself and the bloodline, not to physically target. Uh, Logan Paul, but uh, Jey Uso was just too hyped up. So who's at fault there? Was it Sami Zayn for failing to manage his monster? Or was it the monster within Jey Uso himself who is maybe losing the plot a little bit to try and impress Roman and maybe claw back credibility with Sami? Was Jey Uso intentionally betraying Sami Zayn's orders in order to get Sami in trouble with Roman? These are, well, way more interesting questions than if Logan Paul can dethrone Roman Reigns. Because surely he can't, but this was the noble attempt to try and sell you on that because the third thing was, of course that he has sparked Jey Uso with one single punch. Not because Jey Uso's got a glass jaw, but because he has that power in his right hand. And I guess the question was asked, can he do it at Crown Jewel? Can he hit Roman Reigns with that one punch in that one sweet spot that keeps him down long enough to win the title? No, is the answer, I think. But I guess that's what we're going to be sold on nonetheless in the match yourself. Maybe we'll get a cool near fall out of it. Look, I really love the bloodline machinations of all of this. Um, as I think I've... And I made clear every excuse I've had in the podcast to wax lyrical. Sami Zayn is fantastic. Jey Uso and Jimmy Uso are almost as brilliant and magnetic in their performances as is Solo Sokoa, who's gotten over huge. Roman Reigns is brilliant with his face acting whenever he is on television at responding to all of this. And I find the complete bloodline package to be absolutely captivating. From the fire, they've dragged this back into the most brilliant thing on the show. And in my opinion, probably in all of wrestling. I just don't think Logan Paul's going to knock him out and win the title. We shall see, I guess. Do you? Um, do you have any sort of feelings off the back of this SmackDown that Logan Paul can get the title? And I guess I've got to talk more about this. Uh, if one meltdown on Twitter from me over the weekend wasn't enough, why not try and trigger another, encourage another? You can get me at uh, Michael Hamflit. You can get the rest of us at what Culture WWE under the release of this podcast on Twitter, or indeed just, you know, you know our all individual tags. Tell me, tell them, tell all of us. Uh, why The Fiend, why Bray Wyatt is still the most ingenious thing, why the next week's segment should be as interesting as it was to follow the QR codes and all of that. Explain to me why I was stupid to get off the Bray bus because it's only about now to kick into high gear and howdy, which always makes me think of the start of the brilliant Big Time by Peter Gabriel because I think he says, hi there, but howdy sounds just as good in that voice. So that's what I'm going to think of. So now I've said it, maybe you will too, and go and fire up Big Time on Spotify. If you're not listening to Big Time on Spotify, by the way, uh, I'll get us to the mid-roll ad by hook or by crook. Check out The Car by the Arctic Monkeys. Jesus Christ. I'm not an Arctic Monkeys guy, really. Um, I saw them live a couple of times when they were in their earliest days in the head of Steam in Newcastle and at the Manakee in Sunderland. Um, but that was very much just a MySpace band. They broke out big, and I kind of fell off around Suck It and See. But Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino was this huge pivot for the band after the critical and commercial claim of AM, and the back out with more of it. The car is this incredible cinematic. It's almost half score, half album. Um, I don't know if the Arctic Monkeys have previously been your cup of tea, but even if they're not, the car 
Might be. Car's a great title as well. The album's great. It looks the picture of the car looks like it's been taken from Alex Turner in some sort of blimp. I uh, oh, knock me up a picture of Alex Turner in a blimp if you can. Tag Adam Nicholas and I would love that. Um, if you listen this far, then uh, you deserve a prize yourself, let alone to give us one. But uh, the prize can be showing off your creativity. Alex Turner in a blimp if you've got it in you. If you've not, just thanks so much for listening. Please come back tomorrow. Thank you for surviving through to the very end of this. Uh, I managed, I think, just to not about unravel the segues on rice and the car, notwithstanding that. That's not unraveling, is it? Is it? Is it Matt Rains, you piece of garbage? Um, pint picks and nothing else from you, jerkwad. Uh, but yeah, thanks to everybody else for listening. Sincerely, um, if you are listening at this point and you follow me on Twitter, at Michael Hamlet, you'll see that I just fell out with a bunch of people who I thought were in bad faith calling me biased, but genuinely, otherwise, I love the conversation. I think Twitter is more for conversations than it is for numbers, personally. I think it's a replacement for the forum. And I love the discussion and the discourse and the debate that we have with our community of fantastic listeners, so thank you. You are extra double fantastic for sticking through with my nonsense for all of 35 minutes. But you have done it. You have survived. Wilborn is back off holiday. Stacks, coincidentally, I believe, is kicking around. Uh, the genius Michael Sidgwick will also be back tomorrow, I think. Um, they're all enjoying their break, but they'll be back any time, any day now. Uh, as will the normal What Culture Wrestling Podcast service. You'll have a little bit more for me today if you dare tiptoe back into the feed. We've got a Halloween Havoc review. Hopefully that one's the one still to record. We've got a Raw review. We've got a Rampage review, a very special Rampage review this week. Tune in to find out why that's so special. And there'll be a podcast version, the news winging its way. That's so much of me, too much of me. I didn't think my own mum and dad or my wife or my kids want this much of me, but you, if you've enjoyed all five, have done it anyway. Medals and postcards and all that sort of stuff. But we're out of here, finally. Thank you very much for listening to this Smackdown review. Thank you very much in general for listening to all our reviews and we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.